In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that has almost entirely given up on WWE. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined this time only by my partner in crime fighting from up north, RCMP, JLB. What's going on, man? How are you? So I barely watched Raw today, and I enjoyed every little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of kind of enjoyed not watching Raw much today as well. However, I did watch a bit of it, and that will come up later. Fair enough. Um, not joining us this week, we mentioned it on uh, the last episode we recorded, um, DA Fabe is off dealing with some uh, familial issues, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll be back sometime soon, but um, in the meantime, send your Send your thoughts and prayers, I guess, his direction. That's what you want to do? Yep. Um, uh, before we get into reporting the crimes, I would like to remind everyone that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so make sure to head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows in the network, um, and then come back here for our FBI later this week. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, why don't you? Um, before we get into all the crimes and everything... Uh, just the thing that uh, uh, JLB and I have been talking about, we're, we're about an hour into what would have been recording this podcast before we actually started recording it. We're working on setting up a live stream. Um, at the moment, my computer is not up to snuff for it, so we're trying to figure out how we can do it. Uh, but soon, we hopefully will have it so our Patreons uh, can watch us live as we record or... Uh, view the archive of it um, in advance of it being post. So get a little bit of a head start on it that way. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for us announcing that at some point in the future. Um, keep keep in mind, we're new to the streaming game, so there's going to be some bumps in the road for that. Yep. Well, I'm in Quebec, so there's going to be some potholes. Potholes. <laughs> Unlike the people in Denver, where there are potholes. <laughs> But I'm changing. So we will get into reporting the crimes. I actually got a couple crimes. So uh, since it's just two of us, I'll do one of my crimes, and then we'll go to JLB, and then we'll come back to my crime, my other crime. Sounds good. So my first crime, um, they're actually kind of related in a weird way. Uh, my first crime is to the episode of Raw that is actually uh, still going on as we start recording, uh, because we're not actively watching it. Because nope. it's so bad. <laughs> but my crime is, simply put, Eva Marie really... Yeah, are you telling me you don't want to see the evolution? Yes, I, I am telling you I do not want you to see the evolution. I would like to see Evolution Part 2, a.k.a. a women's pay-per-view again, because it was the best pay-per-view of that year. But I don't want to see Eva Marie. I don't, I don't know any wrestling fan who does other than Eva Marie. And, I guess, Vince McMahon. Right. I honestly don't remember her much, to be honest with you. Um, she hasn't been there for, like, what, maybe 10 years? Is 10 years a bit too much? 
I feel like it's uh, yeah. 10 years is too much. It's been at least five, though. Okay. Um, I, I can look it up, but uh, I, the, the statistic that I do know, I guess I didn't watch a ton during the Eva Marie years either. That was um, when I'd stopped watching WWE for a long time after WCW had gone. And uh, when I came back, I saw her and she was horrendous. But I do know one piece of trivia about her that cracks me up of as how bad it is, right? So um, you remember when Asuka had her streak, right? Right. Asuka had gone so long without being beaten in a singles match. And they made sure to say on a regular basis that she had never been beaten in a singles match. Right. The reason they had to say that is early on in Asuka's NXT career, she got eliminated from a battle royal, an over-the-top rope battle royal. And the person who eliminated her was Eva fucking Marie. (laughs) Fair enough. Of all the people for you to have eliminate future potential Hall of Famer Oscar, you chose Eva Marie. Are you doubting that Eva Marie was was too ready for Oscar? Is that is that what's going on here? She apparently was ready. Maybe Oscar just got distracted by her pure sexuality. Mm. So yeah, no that that a lot of my problem with Eva Marie coming back is based off of her whole gimmick, and her whole gimmick is effectively sexy her whole whole gimmick is basically carmella's gimmick or what was carmella's gimmick at the beginning uh yeah or or, uh what was going to be uh emma's gimmick when she came back is emelina um i mean effectively wwe has repeatedly tried this really sexy girl gimmick and Mm -hmm. not only does it almost always fail but but it's going to fail this time because no one cares. Right. And I don't know. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's just, I guess I stopped caring of what WWE is doing anymore. Like, you have so much other woman talent that you're just not using. But yet you decide to just bring up someone who hasn't been there for the past five years, five, six years, let's say. And hey, she's getting a spot. She's getting more, even with that vignette spot. She's getting more spot on TV and maybe like half the women's roster on Raw and SmackDown. It's always the same pe- people over and over. Or we get bombarded by women, but we don't actually have a storyline. So it just renders useless piss break time on screen because why would i care about it when nothing is really going on here no i don't want i love naomi and so on but i am sorry did we really need this tag match did i not see this two weeks ago i get it it's for a title now but is this whole storyline really that intriguing no Ugh. i don't know what to tell you except eva fucking marie yeah eva fucking marie so uh, just after we um, uh, announced that we were not being joined by D.A. Vincent K. Fabe, I get a message where he's like, hey, I'm available to, to record. So um, he's in the process of joining us. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yay. 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 Gets everything hooked up. He'll be joining us to talk. From the other side. I missed you guys, man. I had a busy week, but I missed you guys. I am sure you... I almost joined up on Tuesday, which would have been really weird because that was 
I don't know if you told the our, our fans what happened, but my mother passed this last week. So um, I say that with a chuckle because it's been a rough week. So I have to learn to laugh about some stuff. Um, so I I know one hundred percent where where that comes from. Um, yeah, you been, have to so. you you have to find ways to to laugh because otherwise you don't do anything. So. We were just discussing my first crime, because I actually have two for this episode. Oh, my goodness. And so that means I don't have to come up with a crime. That's You wonderful. do not, no. I can Which just is fine, because you probably didn't spend a whole lot of time watching wrestling this week. So, our first crime is based off of the events that happened on WWE Raw this week, which is, of course, still going on, uh, but JLB and I are really not watching it, because it's been so bad. But I had it on for a short period of time. Uh, long enough to be reminded as to why I don't want to watch it anymore. They had a vignette or last week. Hmm? Last week was when when uh, JLB was like, I'm done. I'm done. I I, I gave it a little bit of this week and then I was like, ah, oh, geez, JLB's right. Um, <laughs> they had a vignette or as JLB says, a vignette of uh, and and the whole premise of the vignette was sexy redheaded girl laying on a Ferrari or standing on a Ferrari, which just had to be horrible for the paint of that Ferrari, by the way. Um, so Tegan Knox is going to the main roster. No. Oh, no. no. I well, it, it would not be a crime if it was Tegan Knox. <laughs> I would be okay with that overall. Wait, did they just regulate Becky to that? No. No, I don't think okay. they'd be that. They're bad. They're not that bad. This is think think farther back, red hair. What's what's one woman wrestler? Oh wrestling? no, Ava Marie is coming back. Ava Marie yeah. is coming back. Uh, welcoming welcoming us to the evolution. <laughs> Did she leave and get some? I don't know. Practice and learn. And I mean, she could have had a successful modeling career just leaving and never coming back. She could have had well, a sec- successful you know? fuck if I care career because I don't care as long as she's not well, on here, my team. Here's the question. I, so, so, and, and I don't know what your crime is yet, but I, I have to ask a silly question here. Is wrestling so lucrative that bad female wrestlers can make more money being bad female wrestlers than they can being influencers and models? Because she could pull off influencer and model in a heartbeat. I, I don't have an answer for that. I do have an answer for the um, age-old question of who got fired two weeks ago from WWE that is way more talented than Ava Marie. And if you said Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Mickey James, and Chelsea Green, ding, 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 you are correct. Then hell, equally as entertaining in, in terms of being a sexy person on a, on a Ferrari. Yeah. Joe. Entertaining. I didn't say equally as sexy. I said yeah. equally as entertaining. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm like, okay. I'd I'd put a Joe pin up on my wall. I'm not I'm not ashamed. No. Freaking but, hilarious. But but that's I mean here's the deal is I you know if if you want to talk about having you know oh Vince wanted to have sexy woman on screen that's fine they, okay he had four that he, he fired yeah and you fired them right you had Chelsea fucking Green and you fired her. Yeah, one Peyton who can Royce. attract an audience, one who can attract an audience 40 plus. Keep in mind, people generally, now of course there's creeps, but people generally are attracted to people somewhat close to their age. 
Yeah. Mickey James can pick up a 50 plus audience. Yeah. And she well, only 40, WWE 42, doesn't need but... help picking up a 50 plus audience. Uh, they got that in spades. They needed help picking up a 30 plus audience or a 20 plus audience. And that's where, I don't know, Chelsea Green and Peyton Royce would have been yeah. pretty good. And, and, and Billy and, Kay. I don't want to overlook Billy this Kay. Isn't, this isn't to discount the work that maybe Avis put in. Because. I, I really don't want to say that maybe she didn't put on put in some work in the in the um, in the performance center, trying to get better, trying to be good at this. You know, it's very possible she did that, but it still discounts the value of those other women who were phenomenal already. Oh, and you know, it, and it, here's the other thing: it spits in the face of those other women from this standpoint. They were all told that they were being cut due to budget cuts cutting budget then uh, is Ava Marie working for free because it sounds to me like you just spent a lot of money on Ava Marie to bring her back yeah but based off the cuts they did they're not spending nearly as much but is Ava Marie one Ava Marie worth a Joe Mickey Chelsea no you know what I mean it's it's stupid sure I, I had another crime that I was going to talk about. I was going to headline the show. In fact, it was going to be something that I was going to be like, hey, we'll just talk about it all show, right? I'll take the weight off of JLB having his own crime, and we'll just talk about it all show. And then this fucking happened, and I'm, I was fuming. Oh, that is... Uh... I, I would have been happier with an announcement of Ronda Rousey coming back. And I know it's not going to happen because she's pregnant and yada, 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 right? But I would have been happier. Because as much as I dislike Ronda Rousey, she at least was semi-capable and was trying. Yeah. You know, that yeah. Ronda Rousey storyline, though, in the long run could be really, really good. And I'm sorry, Ronda versus Baszler? Hello? Like, no, that's I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I mean, you've got Baszler that you could give a push to right now. Uh, why did I join this call? <laughs> I know, I'm just going to be disappointed. This is the yeah. crimes, after all. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> you thought this uh, was going to get your, uh, your mind off your problems, and I'm just shoving more problems at you. <laughs> That's mind-boggling. And I'd heard rumors. You know, we I think we'd all heard rumors. I just prayed they were not true. I don't know. Everyone was all shocked by it. Like, oh, Evan, I'm like, really? I'm like, guys, this has been in the rumor reel for quite some time. Vince always had a keen eye for Ava Marie. Uh, it's just, I think she left on her own accord at one point and Vince was mad or whatever. But he, I think he mentioned on some like 24 or something that he always wanted her back. So I don't know. It wasn't that shocking to me. And I'm really not shocked by anything Vince tries to do anymore because it's always disappointing. And I just can't get my hopes up anymore for a surprise that's worthwhile. <laughs> I, I wasn't shocked by it. Again, I just spent most of my time praying that the reports were false. Uh, I'm more disappointed. You know, it's like it's like when your dad looks at you and says, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that is mind boggling. So, so that's my crime at WWE for bringing you back. Know, the funny thing is, I wanted to book Chelsea Green because she's taking podcast bookings right now. Of course, my my life had some turmoil, as we've already mentioned. So, I wanted to book Chelsea Green for our next WBU. What a perfect time to have her on if I could have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I am still working on that, guys. Just so you know. <laughs> well, hopefully, we can uh, get the live streaming figured out 
sometime soon. Yeah. That was the other thing. Before you joined, I did announce... Nobody was... wants to see her live, whatever. Yeah, no one wants to see that. That's why she got let go. We, we are 100% joking, Chelsea. We all want to see you live. I've been pissed that they haven't used you. Anyways. Uh, but no, oh, we, we mentioned gosh. that uh, we're working on... I'm trying to get it set up where we can live stream our recordings. And um, right now, my computer's just not up to snuff, so we have to jump through some hoops to figure out how to do it. Uh, but it's going to come soon. And um, so keep your eyes peeled uh, for that announcement. But that's my crime, is, is just seriously, fucking Ava Marie, seriously, fuck you, WWE. That's why no one wants to watch you. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I shouldn't hope. Again, it's raw. It's WWE. But I mean, maybe she got some wrestling lessons in the last five years. You know, maybe she's a Sasha Banks in the ring. It hasn't been five years, though. It's only been like three years, hasn't it? I don't even know how long. I'll, I'll look it up. I've been trying to not think about Ava Marie for years. And <laughs> again, there is a reasonable possibility that she spent some quality time in the performance center. But this is the same woman who lied about her uh, dancing prowess so she could get on television faster and dance with uh, Fandango. Oh, I, uh, I don't I don't care how much time she spent in the performance center because she spent time in the performance center before. She was assigned to the performance center when she first signed her contract in 2013. Well, the way she got promoted was... And then she just got hot-shotted six months later up to the main roster. The reason she got promoted up to the main roster was, number one, look, number two, she was, uh, she had told them that she had dance experience. But it was 2015. Having to fill in. It was 2015 when she left the main roster. She went back down to NXT for 2015 and 2016. And then she came back up to the main roster in 2016 and then got let go in 2017. So four years. Four years she's been gone. Wow. Felt like four it was long. gloriously. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say one thing. Their viewership has gone down since she's been gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that plays 100% into Vince McMahon's mindset. I'm 100% certain that. He's sitting there saying, look at this. Our viewership's gone down because we don't got enough hot women on our show. Mm. Right? That's why I'm sure he's talking to the Bella Twins about coming back. And you know what? I would be happier to see Bella Twins on my screen than Ava Marie. Not a lot happier, but happier. This might have been a request from Total Bellas or Total Total Divas. That's still a show. Um, yeah, it still is, but I don't know. Apparently... Um, She's going to be wrestling uh, not under Ava Marie this time, uh, but under Ava Lucian. Lucian. Uh, because so that's where the Ava Lucian. But it's I'm just so like I'm done. I'm I I will turn on Raw in the background while I change my daughter's diapers. You know, but it's not. Oh. Why did we have to name this podcast Raw and Order? Because it makes me feel like we have to continue to watch Raw. So that's the end of my crime. Let's Sucks. go ahead and move on to JLB's crime to uh, see if he's got something that's at least uh, better. Well, I mean, better, yes. So I'll, I'll be on the positive side. Uh, I am never looking forward to Raw, but what I am looking forward to this week is Blood and Guts. The uh, elite. The, the elite. I think... I love the story that they've been doing with the pinnacle and the inner circle. And I love also that they're not mentioning much about the cage in the sense of 
how it's going to look, what it's going to be aside from the little photos that we've seen. And I'm really excited. I am um, excited. And I know you mentioned last week to, uh, you know, if thank God they have other stuff, but literally if it was just, cause it has to be the majority of the, the show. If it's two minutes, every guy comes in and whatever, yeah. it's going to be most of the second half of it for sure. Gotta be a forty-five uh, minute match. Well, I mean, there's two matches. I think. I think there's like that tag match, and then there's some other match. So they're really going to be cutting it unless they already told TNT, like, "Hey, we can go over," kind of thing. It's just if you're making the blood and guts thing kind of your whole scenario, maybe you should just just have that as your two hours, you know, and do little things. I feel like that tag match is going to take longer than fifteen minutes, you know. But um, they've got they've got like four other matches already announced. That's um, it. Well, how are they gonna do that? That's a lot of matches. That's four, not including the blood and guts, right? Yeah, not including. Yeah, uh, that's that's really cutting it uh, right to the wire. There, it's live TV here. It's not on your YouTube channel. Um, but either way, super excited for it. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to give praise to AEW for that because I can easily shit on you know. Raw's WrestleMania backlash now being a triple threat because Braun Strowman could just say he wants in and wins the match and gets in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so here's what all has been announced uh, for this week. You've got uh, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. You've got the tag match, SCU versus Jurassic Express versus Varsity Blondes versus The Acclaimed. You've got a Britt Baker in action. You've got Moxley and Kingston versus Omega and Nakazawa. That's going to be fun. And yeah. then the Blood and Guts match. So uh, that's one, two, three, four matches plus the Blood and Guts. So, um, But, you know, put make the tag match and one of the other matches, 15-minute uh, matches. The other two matches ha- can be just squat. Like, Britt Baker can come out and just absolutely squash a jobber. We don't care, right? Right. Um, so that's fine. The Cody versus QT Marshall is 100% set up for Cody to be out and manned by all of the rest of the Nightmare Factory people that come in and and uh, beat him up. So that could be a short match. Uh, that's fine. And then the majority of the second half be the Blood and Guts match. And that's, I think, the way I would do it. But I'm super stoked for it. I We've been waiting for this Blood and Guts match for over a year. Uh, yeah. Different teams, obviously. Different uh, teams, but and and here's the deal. What what'll be interesting to find out from the dirt sheets later is if this blood and guts setup is the same as the blood and guts setup was going to be last year, or if over the course of the last year they changed it in some way. Because I can see them being like, "Hey, let's let's make it bigger. Let's do something different. Let's you know." Um, but yeah, no, super stoked for that. Yeah, so really uh really down for that and i think that's going to be my most exciting thing of uh the week or i mean i guess i'm kind of curious as to where brian might go but really i don't know you might be like gm of smackdown or something so definitely blood and guts i mean frankly i'm a little surprised that we didn't see him just waltz in on raw um well i've been kicked off smackdown so it looks like i'm gonna be on raw now um he did challenge uh, Kenny Omega over Twitter, and Kenny Omega accepted. But, of course, that's not happening until he's out of contract with WWE. Which I think is what he's kind of... Do we know how long his contract is, DB? Uh, we don't. Um, he, in an interview, said a lot of people thought his contract ended in, ends in September because previous contract ended in September. 
but he did say that his new one does not end in September. He did not say when it ends. So could be sooner. Maybe it ended already. Maybe that was his last WWE match, and he's gonzo. Who knows? Here's the hoping. Side note, after Blood and Guts, we get to see Kenny Omega defend his Impact title, and we don't yet know who the challenger is, but we're... Or did we find we find out Thursday, right? Well, we will find out potential. Well, we'll start to find out because it's a tournament that they're having, and okay, so there's... one of the matches of the tournament. We won't find out for for a little bit on that. We also do know that Andrade has issued a challenge for the AAA uh, Mega Championship. Yes. Um, so there could be a Omega versus Andrade match coming up soon, which would be. Fire. Um, so I, 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 I gotta be honest. It's like NXT and AEW are about the only thing right now that keeps me a wrestling fan. Everything main roster. Are you telling me the old school SmackDown themed episode that's gonna happen on Friday? Oh, you don't watch Friday Night SmackDown. to watch SmackDown right now. <laughs> and if they don't bring back the giant fist in the crowd, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, it's all about the fist. I really honestly think it's gonna be the first one, the oval entrance and not the fist but we well i will see and i will tell you you will see and i will there well now we will go full circle back to me for my second crime and this is like i said this is what i i was gonna just do the whole episode kind of talking about that and i was gonna be sad that dfa wasn't gonna be here because i we we had had a conversation privately uh, similar to this. Um, and now he's here. So now I'm happy. Yay. Oh. So this week, over the weekend, I, uh, Mick Foley sent out a tweet. And normally I would praise everything Mick Foley says because Foley is God. Um, <laughs> but... His book on Amazon now. Go. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but I disagree with it. And DFA and I had a conversation. But his tweet reads, Dear Vince, an all-woman's brand needs to happen in WWE unless you want AEW to beat you to the punch. Sincerely, Mick, at Vince McMahon. Saw a lot of ROH wrestlers post, uh, Mick, what about us? We already have been doing this. <laughs> yeah, well, they have. Not, but... Well, WWE <laughs> has the roster to pull it off. Um, and, and here's why I disagree on Um, So respectfully, Mick. I disagree. And here's why. We have already seen what WWE does when they feel they can relegate an entire subdivision to their own show. It's called 205 Live. When was the last time you saw a true cruiserweight match on Raw or SmackDown? Months? (laughs) Maybe years. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Alberto versus, uh, Alberto face tonight on Raw. Umberto faced, um, well, I mean, you wouldn't count. No, I guess seven. Like a true cruiserweight in the cruiserweight rankings. Umberto doesn't count. Uh, you could have, I mean, they have cruiserweight matches, but that doesn't make them cruiserweight. Uh, well, and, uh, and again, they've, they've have had matches that include cruiserweight, but that doesn't make it a cruiserweight match. Uh, for instance, you mentioned... Humberto Carrillo, um, I'm going to look up here and see, um, cage side seats, let's see if that, uh, the Lucha House Party beat Benjamin and, uh, Satch on the Okay, 
But Shelton Benjamin does not count as a cruiserweight. That's fair. Uh, so that's even that's when it was note. when it was Umberto Carrillo versus uh, Angel Garza. Yes, both cruiserweight qualifying guys. Um, wasn't a cruiserweight match. I feel like they're small enough for it to be a cruiserweight match. No, they could be. They are cruiserweights, but it is not a cruiserweight match. If that makes sense. A division um, match. I'm I'm scrolling to try to find something. Uh, John Morrison at one point could have qualified as cruiserweight, but I think he's overweight now. I think he'd be heavyweight. Um, and against Damian Priest, which is definitely heavyweight. Like I said, uh, Shelton Benjamin doesn't qualify as cruiserweight, so that knocks that one out of cruiserweight level. Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak. They both were on 205 Live at one point, so those were cruiserweights, but you could argue maybe it was a cruiserweight match. I, I'll give it to you. But again, that's one. Go back a week ago, was there a cruiserweight match? No. Go back two weeks ago, was there a cruiserweight match? No. Well, I mean, in, in, in defense no. of our statement, uh, so Finn Balor is a cruiserweight eligible wrestler. 110%. Uh, he would look like a freak if he bulked up enough to be, that's another 20. He's got 20 pounds to give to get there. Um Dear God, he'd be enormous. <laughs> I mean, he'd just be stacked muscles on top of muscles, and he already is. So Finn Balor could be, and you could have had Finn Balor versus Angel Garza at one point, or Finn Balor versus versus. That doesn't make that a cruiserweight match. But in the end, what happened is instead of having a bunch of cruiserweight matches on Raw and then go to 205 Live, and there's more, almost all of the cruiserweight matches got relegated to 205 Live which the majority of people don't watch. That's a given fact, right? Um, so what would happen, I, my argument is, what would happen if WWE created a women's brand? So you have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and then Evolution, just for the sake of argument. Women's Evolution brand. And it goes live on Thursday nights. Um, and even, let's say they even put it on USA Network, right? So it's on TV instead of just the the WWE Network or or Peacock, you still would find slowly over the course of the next year, almost all of the women's matches disappearing from Raw and SmackDown because in Vince's mind, we gave them their own show. Now they can wrestle all the time and people who want to see that can watch that show. So in the end, we would probably get less women's matches in the long run. I think a monthly commitment, and and this is because of our conversation before, because I do agree now. Um, I, I I still think it, it's it's wise for them, but I think a monthly commitment to women's wrestling on on each individual show would be very healthy for them, and that would open up the door for a women's pay per view monthly. Then, literally, if you if you're gonna do this, too many pay per views per year, fine, do one a week. You have the network. You already got Peacock set up. It's dirt cheap. This week is Raw's pay-per-view. This week is SmackDown's pay-per-view. This week is NXT's pay-per-view. This week is Evolution's pay-per-view. No, I don't want that. That's too much. Yeah, I don't want that. I I wholeheartedly agree. But But if you want to overdo it and still give women their, their, their just desserts, you know, I do think once a month, though, having a women's dedicated television show, um, and potentially for each brand, I don't think you can do that on main roster. I don't think there's, um, I don't think there's enough women on main roster to pull that off weekly, or once a month. But 
I do think I, I think the brand split doesn't need to be done with women. I don't I don't see a reason for that. Maybe that's just well, me. The problem with the brand split, you kind of either ha- either have to go all in or no. But but uh, here's what it simply comes down to: say they start did started to do what you did a monthly evolution pay per view for what would happen then on the monthly Raw pay per view or the monthly SmackDown pay per or the monthly NXT pay per view. They would eliminate women from it. There would be yep. no women's matches on any of those. So you could do the, do it more like NXT would take over. And so the the better option, the only option that's feasible in my book, is a commitment to X number of women's matches on every show, right? An equality commitment, for lack of a better term. Saying, if we're going to have you know five men's matches, we need to have... A, a relatively equal number of women's matches, and and that number doesn't have to be five. It, does, it doesn't yeah. have to be five five because there's just not enough bodies for that, um, quality bodies for that. Um, the the other piece to that is that they are regulating themselves out of all these extra bodies that they have. Well, Cesaro or um, Joe doesn't sell any merchandise. Well, you never put him on TV. Of course, he doesn't sell merchandise. You know, um, w- would be the same with with women. I, I just think that there needs to be a reasonable commitment to opening the show with women, to closing the show with women, to uh, uh, put an actual effort to it. Yes, I would love to see a a brand just for the women. The reason I would love to see it is because then I then I don't have to watch the other crap that they put out. And potentially they put out better men's matches on occasion on those other shows. Um, but if you're going to do that with women, you can't regulate them to Thursday night just to piss on them, you know? And that's the deal is, is we already know Vince McMahon does not believe in women's wrestling. It's Stephanie McMahon who is the champion of women's wrestling in WWE for the main rock. Um, she invented women's wrestling. Yeah, um, absolutely. She invented women. Oh, she, she in fact did. Uh but so if you gave Vince McMahon a way to have less women's matches on TV or on his babies, Raw and SmackDown, he 100% would take it. Uh, and slowly but surely. But if you could dedicate an hour on Monday to that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't hurt anything. It's a three-hour show, 45 minutes. And, and we're talking an hour of television time, so you're really talking 40 minutes of women's wrestling. And you can break it up interspersed it throughout. I don't I don't like the idea of the raw undergrounding a division. I like the idea of raw undergrounding raw underground, which is a more violent version after nine o'clock. But um you know, I you, you can you can dedicate thirty minutes, a quarter of SmackDown, twenty minutes of television time to women's wrestling, not just women's vignettes, women's wrestling. Yep. And, and good women's wrestling. I don't want to see Lana and Natalia versus freaking Baszler and Nia Jax every night on Raw. Okay? Good women's wrestling matches with decent storytelling, storylines. Uh, you know, that's Sasha Bailey. I hate to say it, but I think I think we're it, because it sounds morbid because it is morbid, but I think we're not too far off from Vince stepping away. Um, not by choice, you know, like two, three years. So I think, uh, I, I, not I think good. Mm. well, I mean, the fact that he's been showing up late to shows is not what you would call a good sign. He's never been that guy. Before. And so 
Um, and he does have a controlling percentage, but at the end of the day, if his health starts to deteriorate enough, to deteriorate well, enough. At the end of the day, if he's not there to make the decision, someone else makes the decision, and uh, he doesn't get it. So, um, but that's the deal. Is, is... I'd love to see Trips take it over because NXT is a good product. I, mm-hmm. No, regardless of who wants to say, you know, Bret Hart, what Bret Hart said last week, or um, what CM Punk has said for years. Whether or not Tripp's got these chances because he married Steph, it doesn't matter. He's good at what he does on NXT. That's well, it. and I, I think one of the big things with Triple H being good at what he does is he's a wrestler. And he's someone yes. who loves wrestling. And we've talked before about how Vince McMahon is not a wrestling fan. He's a businessman who makes his money through wrestling um, versus a wrestling fan who books wrestling. Um, who makes and, his money through wrestling and yeah. is a businessman. He behaves as a businessman. And There's so, been cuts that we haven't liked that Trips has been a part of. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it. There have been cuts that I didn't like that Tony Khan's been a part of. But, you know, it it, it happens. When you love the product, it's, it's a different than when you're just doing it based on ones and zeros. Right? And that's how Vince McMahon manages. Is it's all ones and zeros. What's going to make us the most money, in my opinion? Um, and Trips doesn't do it that way. Trips does it. What what is the best for the product? What is the best what for puts the, out rest? the best product mm-hmm. that will eventually make us money? Um, and so, but that's the is once Vince is no longer there, maybe we re reevaluate the idea of a women's division. However, I just feel anytime you take a subset of wrestlers and and segregate them off, and yes, I chose the word segregation purposefully here. Because once you segregate them off, they inherently become separate but not equal. And that's where the problem comes. And so I I feel like the only true way to handle it for a women's division is instead of instead of a separate women's product, a separate women's brand, it's a commitment to treating the women's more equally on the main brand. And that's and this goes for AEW, because I'm not I'm not giving AEW a pass. They don't have the history. I can't I can't point to 205 Live and AEW and say, see what they did there. However, I can point to the fact that every week on uh, AEW Dark and now AEW Dark Evolution uh, Elevation, um, on AEW Dark uh, Elevation, we have two to three women's matches on each show a week, right? But then Dynamite comes along on Wednesday, and we're lucky if we get one women, right? This week, yeah. we've got Britt Baker in action. They've announced that. That is the sole appearance by a woman that's been pre-announced on Dynamite. This. Uh, but I guarantee you, if I look up the the results for AEW Dark Elevation tonight and AEW Dark tomorrow, that there will be, I'm going to say, at least four matches, um, four women's matches. And, that's, and so they don't get a pass because of this. They 100% uh, are on a slippery slope right now. They've done slightly better than WWE, but they have, haven't been around as long as WWE to make the missteps. So so I worry if AEW were to do an exclusively women's brand. Thursday night heels with AEW. Uh, I'm, I'm 90% certain that we would see a slowdown in the amount of women's matches on AEW Dynamite. That there would be less of them. Well, and look, I mean, what are you going to do, though, right? If you're creating a brand specifically just for women, you're not going to want to showcase certain women matches 
on Dynamite because, hey, we're going to want it on the heel show, especially if it's a bigger match. So you're kind of cornering yourself when you are doing that. So, you know, what else What else are you going to do? It's it's a stupid idea, Mick. It's, it, it, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Make it would work, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a couple years still, I think, bud. And even then, like it's just I don't even I don't think it will. You just said it yourself. ROH is uh, it's not working for them, but they don't have the roster. You're saying, right? They absolutely don't have the roster that that WWE does in women. So just looking at AEW Dark Elevation, that was tonight. I haven't watched it yet, but looking, we have three different women's matches. Red Velvet versus Reika Tahaka, Abaddon versus Ryo Mizunami, Mari Ranaski versus Nyla Rose. Oh, four. Thunder Rosa versus Willow Nightingale. So four women's matches. Advertise the crap out of that Abaddon match, though. So four on AEW Dark Elevation. Um, I don't know if they've uh, released the AEW Dark card for this week yet. What was their whole reason of getting rid of Evolution, the pay-per-view? Uh, their whole relution, uh, their whole um, uh, reasoning behind it was they did not say. Um, <laughs> okay. That's really what it comes down to. Is they haven't. They just didn't do one. But it was such a good, well, I mean, it was pretty decent from what I recall. It was the best pay-per-view of that year, in my opinion. Mm. See, like, that's fine, doing a pay-per-view. Or if you want to do a woman's pay-per-view every three months. Start it off that way. A, de- a designated show once a week, too much. Not because they don't deserve it or anything like that. It's just, WWE already doesn't use enough of their stars. Clearly, adding another show doesn't help them use the same amount of stars. We're just going to end up seeing the same amount of women go to each go to each. Uh, each each brand and just show up there and we're just going to see more of the same crap. WWE won't be able to do it. I feel like AEW still has a lot more ways to go. Two, three years, I think, was a, a good answer there, Fabe. Good call. I just, I maybe I'm just a cynic, but almost any time you take a subset of a show like, like Cruiserweights or, I mean, I, even if they did heavyweights, right? What would happen is they would say, this is the heavyweight show. And then all of the heavyweight matches would go on that show. And the other shows would become all cruiserweights and lightweights, right? Um, I think what hurts the cruiserweight, though, is number, number one, they chose to feature a style with cruiserweight wrestling. And again, nothing against the lucha style. But you have to understand that your audience does not completely um, suspend their own disbelief. Um that the fans are not consistently doing that. So what's the next step? You know, I don't know what the next step is. <laughs> or I'd be a lot wealthier. Well, I mean, when they started the Cruiserweight there, it, I mean, the Cruiserweight Classics, first of all, I thought was phenomenal. I feel like a lot of people enjoyed the Cruiserweight Classic. Maybe it's because, hey, it was a tournament, a one-time tournament thing, the best of the best. Cool story. I'm down for it. Let's go. But no one necessarily cared about the show. Uh, 205 when it was even, I think, where did they even have it? I think it was on the USA Network or something, no? Or was it always on the WWE Network? It was on the WWE Network after SmackDown. It was always there, though? I felt like it was at a bigger spot. Nope. It was always on the network. They would sometimes, early on in it, they would have a 205 Live match in the middle of SmackDown. 
yep. to promote uh, the 205 Live coming up afterwards. Um, but again, I, I, I should rephrase that. For a while, it was before SmackDown. And what they were finding, <laughs> because they were recorded on the same night at the same location. And so it was live on the network. And what they were finding is fans weren't showing up. And that's on fans. Fans weren't showing up until SmackDown was going to be on. I'm guilty of doing so that. They moved to, what's that? I'm guilty of doing that. And so then they live, you weren't showing up? I wasn't showing up for, because I think they mentioned get there early to watch some Cruiserweight action. I'm like, no, I'll just get there. Uh, I'll just get there. Yeah. Later. <laughs> I'll get a cheeseburger. <laughs> so I have anyway. enough for another two beers. So fans weren't showing up or at least weren't filling the seats beforehand. So then they moved it to afterwards. And at live tapings, what they would do is they'd build some type of storyline in the show that would encourage fans to stay around for later on in the night. And there'd be another main event type match, uh, uh, a completely dark match that would occur at the show. Dur- this during actually the commercial breaks, they would do an announcement, say, make sure to stay around for our main event. And it was then some some big name main event that would take place after the 205 live team. In our instance when we went to SmackDown, it was Randy Orton and Roman Reigns. Oh wow, nice. So, we actually got to see Randy earlier in the night, not really in a storyline with Roman. We got to see Roman earlier in the night, not in a storyline with Roman. Roman or not in a storyline with Randy. Um Roman was in the middle of the storyline with Shane. Was it Shane and Braun? I believe so. Anyway, and um, it was it was when Roman and Shane faced off at WrestleMania. Um, I think it was WrestleMania. It, it was a cage match. What? <laughs> Shane in a cage match? <laughs> Don't you know? Anyway, and so they they were going to face off against each other, um, and then later in the night we got Roman versus Randy, and it may have it, they may have built our story that night only during commercial breaks. Hmm. Like, but well, they, have to, right? they need they, they want they to so they, they so poorly couldn't promote 205 Live. And the reason they weren't promoting 205 Live is you didn't have any characters. Um, now the cruiserweight's filled with, with characters, of course, they're gonna bastardize it and take Kushida out and you know have him in different places. And so, anyway, that was my second crime. That was gonna be my main crime, it's gonna be the main focus of tonight. But then Ava Marie decided to come back. And- I, I still cannot scoff at Mick for wanting that. Um, we want that's, it. That's why I said I respectfully disagree. It's uh, it's not going to be... The problem is, and you're right, the problem is Vince is going to put it Saturday night or Sunday night. Well, we know what Saturday night did. In the 90s, 2000s, we know what it did. Sunday night, we know what Heat did. Heat never, t- never even remotely touched the numbers of Raw or SmackDown. Unless it was Super Bowl halftime heat, then it did. <laughs> because it was that like... being said, uh, I just had a, I have a change of heart though. Um, with Ava Marie back, yes, one hundred percent do this. So she's on a show that I don't watch. <laughs> you would watch if you knew it was going to be Becky versus Oscar. Did you Did you guys hear the update of the garbage fiasco? Hmm? No, no, Chelsea Green. So Chelsea Green. Oh mentioned... yeah. She yeah. got a bunch of uh, Natalia stuff. <laughs> Natalia stuff. Some apparently might have been li- uh, li- live live. Damn it, live Morgan's. Uh, some of it. She said she's got a bunch of other people's stuff, and she was like, oh, "This is not even." And she had a basketball. Like what? Yeah. yeah, I saw that. She's like, "Yeah, they send me," and she's just like, "I don't know who to get this stuff back to, but wrestling boots are expensive." That's it. And I was like, 
and and she she didn't want to post it on Twitter, and she felt that Steph did good and Trips did good and so on, and mentioning it, and she agreed to that, and she didn't want to mention anything, but then she goes on this podcast, which I think it's her podcast, anyways, uh, and then just dishes the dirt anyway. I'm like, okay, that's kind of hypocritical though, Chelsea. You didn't want to say anything, but then you just go and say it anyway. Well, it could be that she didn't know how to get in touch with any of the people that she got the boots from. You know what I mean? She says she thinks they're Natalia's boots, but she doesn't know for certain. Um, there's which... also there's also something to be said for the fan blast that Twitter creates versus a podcast creates. But like I say, I mean, it it literally could be like she doesn't know how to get in touch with N- Natalia, so she puts it out there in the news to hope Natalia finds a way to get in touch with her. Fair. But yeah, so not only was he a shitty person putting uh, their stuff in garbage bags, he was bad at putting their stuff in garbage bags. Why would you put a basketball? May- maybe if they were championship belts, he would be better at it. Oh. Wow. I, 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 I don't get why you would even put a basketball in a garbage bag. Why would you think, like, I mean, I don't know, unless they randomly do backstage basketball games at the Performance Center or something. I don't know. But like... I mean, ultimately, he had a reason to believe it belonged to someone. Um, and <laughs> Justin and, Green, it must be yours. And because of that, they they do have a legal obligation to try to get you your personal per, uh, possessions back. Um, but yeah, they're supposed to be your personal possession, not yes. someone else's. And then the whole, uh, and she also mentioned the whole uh, fiasco of only women get this treatment. Mm-hmm. Which is something that Gil Kim alluded to in her tweet, uh, like a week, two weeks ago now. So, what is going on? <laughs> so it is, it is only women that are getting that treatment, according to Chelsea and uh, Gail. Yeah. Oof. 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 Like that. Like, and I, and maybe a lot of the guys aren't gonna. Did Card Cardona didn't say anything, right? Maybe because he didn't get anything like that, but he was furious. Well, if Cardona didn't say anything and Chelsea Green is now saying it, it's because he didn't get a bag and his fiance did. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That is so messed up. Why would you even want to put that out there? You just assume. Again, he probably wanted to get fired. But if you wanted to get fired, why wouldn't you have done it to everybody and only focus on the woman? Right? That was our whole thing. Oh, maybe you wanted to get fired, and then finally someone called them out on it. But then why are you only doing it to the woman? Yeah. I mean, if it was truly just that he wanted to get fired, then um, the real way to do it is to uh, send them a tweet, tag them in a tweet that says, here's where I put your shit, and just outside the back door of the performance center. (laughs) You know? Uh, Because you get fired pretty quick for that. For sure. Wow. Yep. Anyways, so that that's my second crime is is just I I I think there's a better solution to highlighting women's wrestling than creating a separate brand for it because the only result I see happening from that is actually less women's wrestling on in the spot premium shows. Um, and again, I, I want to make sure I'm clear that also goes for AEW. I do not see them being able to handle it much better right now. And I think it's the nature of segregating off a part of your product to its own show uh, just by its nature inspires you to say, well, they've got their own show, so I need to use this show to highlight other things. 
right? You'd have so, to legit build a, a fan base, like a, a, a stardom of women to well, take on that show. But even if you even if you built a stardom of women and all that stuff, that's fine, right? You say AEW does it. They spin off a second brand. It's now Thursday night, whatever, right? And they put all their women on that. Then every week going into Dynamite, Tony Khan's going to be sitting there in his booking chair going, okay, I need to book Dynamite. And he's going to book the matches and he's going to look at the women's match and be like, you know, they've got their whole show to them uh, that's Saturday nights at nine. Um, And so what we're going to do is instead of wasting air quotes, wasting a spot on a women's match on Dynamite, we're going to put a another tag match or another, you know, uh, cruiserweight level match or, you know, we're going to put Marco Stunt in a match against will hobbs again watch the little guy get thrown around or um and that's that's going to be what happens is because just in the back of his head he's going to be like the the women are already getting enough spotlight on the other show so we have to use that time now to highlight something else and again it goes with whatever a say AEW started up a tag team show right it's not a women's show we're taking women out of the picture and we're putting a different thing on it here's the tag team show tag team thursdays right inherently that would mean less tag team matches on dynamite in the long run. Yeah. Because he would just feel like they've already got their spotlight. So now on dynamite, we've got to spotlight the singles uh, to keep it fair, to keep it balanced. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense if you are a booker, right? Yeah. That's how you kind of insert do it. Thanos memes right there. <laughs> so, so that's why I think a separate women's brand is actually a step in the wrong direction. Um, and and inherently, I'm we've seen separate women's brands not spun off from WWE, but before, right? There's Stardom. There's Wow. There was Glow. You know that there are a variety of women's wrestling companies out there. Do any of them, any of them, get the same publicity and the same press? as the other major the answer is no you could argue that stardom has every bit the high quality matches that new japan has uh but which one gets the press which one gets the publicity which one gets the praise new japan um well and and again like i said time slot's gonna matter big time if you do that are you gonna put it on i mean because here's the deal smackdown still doesn't touch raw's numbers still doesn't touch raw's numbers it took them being on network television to even come close. Not premium television, not cable television, but direct-to-air network television to even get close. Because prior to the Fox move, they were they were doing three-quarters what Rob was doing. That's a, that's a piece to that puzzle. Friday nights are kind of wrestling night. <laughs> mm. And so... Monday nights are definitively wrestling night. Well, then, are, do you say things like, well, it's obviously not the product that Raw is, and it's all women, so it's obviously not that good. Well, exactly. That's not the case. You pigeonhole them to oh, uh, any night you put them on other than Friday or Monday is going to be a tough night. So, As so evidenced by the fact that AEW and, and NXT do not put out the numbers that those two nights do, mostly because those two nights have been around for, I don't know, 20 freaking years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 30 for Raw. And here's the deal. You know, like, I 100% believe the, the WWE women's roster is 
the strongest women's roster in North America. That includes NXT and WWE main roster, right? Yeah. But as a whole, strongest, right? Um, but let's just say, instead of putting on a separate night, let's say Vince decided to give hour three of Raw to the women every week. Or hour one, either one. Or hour two. It doesn't matter which hour. But he gives one full hour. says, this is the women's hour, right? What happens in two months when he looks at the ratings and he sees that the ratings are lower on hour two, despite having every one bit time. of talent. Yeah, even just one time, despite having every bit of talent. In his mind, he's like, well, women don't draw. Whether it's true or not, immaterial. That's what he, the conclusion he comes to. And so what happens? He rolls it back. I almost, I almost feel like he would set it up that way. Like he would be like, "All right, well, if we're gonna do this, let's set it up for Monday nights. It'll be hour two, eight o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. Central Standard Time, so it's nine nine o'clock Eastern." Well, okay, that's going up against the second quarter of Monday Night Football. Yep, we're starting it in September. Yep. Literally, you're putting it up against the hardest time of of the show against Monday Night Football. Like, you aren't putting it against the end of the game when the game might be over. You're putting it against the hardest point in the game. Yep, that's what it's going to start. <laughs> you know, almost almost indefinitely guaranteeing it would fail. And it may be a subconscious decision for it. Yeah, and that's the deal. That's where it's tough. About the only really way to, to fairly handle it is effectively... And I hate to use the term 50-50 bookcake because it does have a it's, it's, it's a bad idea overall. But effectively 50-50 booking in terms of the matches, not the finishes, but the the matches. So men's match, then you then you have a, a tag match, then here's a women's match. And men's match, then three on one handicap match, then some sort of women's match. You know what I mean? Uh just just to keep it. Just relatively keep even. Featured. Keep uh, them featured. That's what you want is them featured. Mm-hmm. But anyways, but so that is the end of that crime. So we will move on to misdemeanors. And frankly, I've been so pissed off about Ava Marie. I don't know if I have a misdemeanor in my head right now. <laughs> Fucking Ava Marie. That's my misdemeanor. Fair. No, that's uh, that's a pretty valid one though. Um. Yeah, my misdemeanor does have to, I guess, go to that uh, backlash triple threat match though. Wait, wait, wait. You mean WrestleMania Backlash? Oh, excuse me. WrestleMania Backlash. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, just I... wait till WrestleMania Survivor Series later on in the year. Mm. <laughs> WrestleMania Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't forget next year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Oh, the double entendre. Not like the WrestleMania. 2021's WrestleMania, WrestleMania. 2022. Yes, we know. 2026. It's WrestleMania, 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 WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania 37. WrestleMania 37. <laughs> this is the WrestleMania for WrestleMania 37. What? No, that's that's WrestleMania 38. Uh, never mind. Oh, but moving I, in terms on. Of misdemeanors. Um, yeah, I got no. I, I really haven't had a chance to watch this as much as I should. No, it's so. fine. You've had stuff going on. Uh, I will move on to commendations. And uh, my first commendation is uh, reminding everyone that tw- that 19 years ago today was the first time that Bonesaw was ready. 
Oh my lord! Is night is nineteen years ago? Is uh, is uh, the release of Spider Man? Huh? Mm-hmm. Boom! is ready. <laughs> uh, by the, I want to maybe give a, I want to give a commendation to A and E and WWE. Oh my god! Between their biography stuff and also the WWE treasure thing, it got me hooked throughout the entire night. The, the WWE Treasures one, um, I haven't got to sit down and watch a whole episode, but they've been posting segments of it on YouTube, and it's it's fascinating. It um, really is. And it really does bring to mind why we've been saying it before, WWE needs to establish a physical Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, and, I don't get why they don't have one yet. Well, part of it is is location. Like, if they put it where, where their headquarters currently is, that's not a travel destination. People right. don't travel to Hartford, Connecticut to vacation. Maybe so they you have would. To, well, they might. Some would. But the better option would be putting it in a place where people travel on a regular for vacation or whatever. Um, and finding a historical argument for putting it there is a little tougher. Um, New York is probably the best place you could put a historical argument for it. But New York is also stupid expensive. So, what if they were to buy that? What's that arena they they did the first Ryan? Madison. Oh uh, no! I don't. They always do Barclays Madison now, but um, anyway, whatever it was, it was a little the one with the balcony and everything. I think that's a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's to say they can't just go across the river in Jersey? Or, or, no one wants to go to Jersey. You know, City, but. Um, I think I think um, where was where was WrestleMania one? Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. So that rules out. Uh, so I'm just trying to think if if we find like if it was AEW doing it, they could totally put a Hall of Fame in Atlanta where they're based because of that. Uh, you know, yes, they're based in in Jacksonville because the Khan family, but they're based in you know the TNT. So. And and because of that, they've got uh, a lot of history there because of the WCW, so they could really play it off there. And people do travel to Atlanta for for vacation. Uh, But if WWE could just find a place and and put together a Hall of Fame, it would be a destination I would make a point to go to. I would do. I don't I don't know that Tampa or Orlando would be a bad move for them. They do quite a bit of stuff in Tampa. Orlando's obviously where the performance center is. Um, it's already a, a vacation destination. Um, wouldn't be the I worst think place. people would go. Yeah, and then, and then you can tour the 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 performance center and all that. You know, because that's that, not a bad. That WWE most wanted treasures. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, the setup is people from WWE are trying to track down stuff that they don't have in their collection, right? And so, like, one of the segments is them meeting Mark Calloway Undertaker and his wife at a storage unit that has just been filled for decades, you know? Okay. Um, and going through this with The Undertaker uh, but- and finding some. In the case of this, they found the uh, mask that he wore when his his orbital bone was broken, and the opera that. style mask sort of thing. Uh, yeah. The actual, because they only ever made one of those, um, and they also found the original purple uh, suit, so the purple jacket with the purple cravat, 
yeah. uh, and and all of that, the purple gloves, um, which also was was fairly rare because he didn't wear that for super long. Um, and then they find them in this storage unit, and then they ask him, "Can we, with your permission, can we take these to the collection?" And on, on both of those, he said yes because he says that's that's kind of where they belong. They're part of the WWE history. Uh, and in some places, they you know like Kane. He got four thousand dollars for his mask that he actually created. It was one of the first ever Kane masks. Um, well, no, there was the first ever Kane mask that we, we saw in uh, the first Hell in the Cell there, and then there was also another mask that he had actually created that he used once on TV, sort of ordeal. So sometimes it's they actually WWE will pay for mm-hmm. it, and uh, sometimes they'll just give it. But Kane definitely wanted that dough. Because, hey, uh, there was another one where they went to, I believe, the, the locations in Detroit, uh, the world's greatest wrestling collection. This guy has literally he's got a house uh, separate from his home. He's got a house that he's turned into effectively a wrestling. Um, and it's just full, full of stuff. And uh, the guy from WWE and Mick Foley go there together to look at the stuff. And he's got an actual autographed Mr. Sacco. Um that's cool. And and so they talked to the guy about whether he'd be willing to uh let WWE have that for their collection. And the guy his terms for it was that his kids got to meet Mick Foley and hang out with Mick Foley. So they called his kids over and and they sat in there and watched a Mick Foley match with Mick Foley. That's uh, things like that. But yeah, it's it's fascinating because uh, I think Stephanie McMahon at one point said that as much stuff as they have in their in their archives, that's they're like less than twenty percent of the stuff out there that they want to have in their archives. They actually say five percent, ninety five percent of the uh, stuff we want is still out there, and it's not even in our uh, possession yet. Some that's season. incredible. Uh, Keeping in mind that they have literally every casket that was ever used in a casket match. Including the double Y, double D Yokozuna casket? The one that buried the taker? Um, I would assume yes, because their exact words were, we have every casket ever used in a casket match. <laughs> so do you think yes, then? Um, I'm going to guess yes. That's my thought. Okay. So even getting Andy Kaufman's neck brace, so they did a whole thing with him and Jerry Lawler. That was pretty cool to hear again. And that wasn't even uh, WWE stuff. That was under Lawler's promotion. That's it. Yeah. And they actually got Lawler to give him uh, his crown and cape for when he assaulted the blue crown and cape for when he assaulted Bret Hart when Bret Hart won the King of the Ring. And they did that whole box. Did, didn't they Sorry. also um, get the outfit that Jerry was wearing the night he had the heart attack? Yeah, which is crazy because that was actually in Montreal. I'm like, you bastards could have said it was in Montreal at least, saying everything but where it was. But either way, it's neither here nor there. Just thought it was a crazy little thing. Yeah, and now yeah. I hate Montreal even more because he didn't <laughs> finish the job. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm gonna get hate for that one. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite Jerry. rude. Um, you deserve every ounce of hate you get for it too. Yeah, yeah, I probably do, but still, fuck Lawler. <laughs> anyway, my other commendation is actually going to a different team, and that is, uh, this week is the premiere of the newest season of 
Dark Side of the Ring. Um, so excited! And um, just so you know, uh, they already posted the Brian Pillman Part 1 on YouTube. What? Yeah. Watched oh. it this afternoon. Oh, how was it? Uh, fantastic. Um, so part one of Brian Pillman up on YouTube, uh, it's, it's, it's so great because it, you know, interviews people who were directly involved. Some of them, not even directly in wrestling, but directly involved. Uh, the only downside to dark side of the ring in my book is, uh, Jim Cornette keeps popping up on it. (laughs) Fuck Cornette. Um, shouldn't say that too loud. His wife might take me up on that. (laughs) Only if Jim gets to watch. No. <laughs> oh, and I just I didn't I have because I'm vomiting on this side. <laughs> but no, it, it's phenomenal and makes you super excited for the other episodes. Uh, this year has some absolute crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. The collision in Korea is one that I'm the most excited, just because, uh, like I said, I think I said on the last episode, uh, Eric Bischoff did a whole. Uh, episode of 83 Weeks on Collision in Korea, where he talked about it. But it'll, it'll just be nice to see kind of a more in-depth and maybe a little bit less biased because Bischoff, you know, love him to death. And he is usually one of the first people to to call out his own bullshit. Uh, but along the same lines, he's still a marketing guy. And so there's still spin on it. So it'll be interesting to see how things... Uh, but just that that whole situation, a nightmare for some people, so... Um, well, it grinds my gears how no one is just so super excited about the plane ride from hell. It's well, the plane ride from and the plane ride from, from hell one. I'm excited about, just not as excited as the other ones because there. I've literally like listened to four different podcasts about it and uh, <laughs> different things here. I, I I think WWE once even had an animated re- recreating of it at one. Um, so so it's it's just been done more. Is I think what it comes down. Mm. I'm super stoked for the Chris Canyon episode because I've said this before. Chris Canyon, uh, as great as I think he was, I still think I'm underrating him. I think he had every potential to be one of the greatest wrestlers ever, and was held back through lots of stupid things and some stupid decisions on his own, um, and overshadowed. Like I remember in the late '90s, people talking about all the uh, innovation that Edge was doing on Raw and looking and seeing and saying, well, uh, Canyon did that like three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, Canyon was the innovator of offense. And so I'm excited to see how Dark Side of the Ring talks about that. And yes, there's Dark Side to Canyon, especially how he left. So, um, uh, yeah, that's going to be... Uh... You know, the hard part with the Canyon thing is it was shortly after he came out of the closet that he left. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to find out some of the bullying that that would have occurred after the fact when he came yeah. out, when he's no longer part of the industry, mm-hmm. and he's still getting that bullying. And that's the part that terrifies me. Um, there also, there's an episode on Nick Gage, and uh, the previews uh, show them interviewing... David Arquette. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the David Arquette incident, but there was a thing. David Arquette, this is relatively recent, two years ago. Um, David Arquette uh, was called to fill in for another wrestler at a CZW taping um, against Nick Gage and uh, damn nearly died. 
so I'm excited that they're actually including that in Nick Gage segment. Um, Why would I, they David Arquette? Well, David Arquette has been legitimately trying to establish himself as a wrestler. Yeah, he's been training and, yeah. Training and wrestling a lot. And, and here's the David Arquette always loved wrestling. I never blamed David Arquette for what happened uh, with him winning the championship when he shouldn't have. Because he always loved wrestling and always wanted to be part of wrestling. In fact, um, if you ever watched Ready to Rumble, I have a feeling that David Arquette really was his character as a child. You know? Mm-hmm. Wrestling's not fake! Right. Um, but he's legitimately been trying to be a wrestler. Uh, and he got called in. He, he was going to be at the CZW event for some reason. And then another wrestler couldn't show. And so they called him in and said, hey, you want to wrestle? And he's like, sure. And they put him in this match, and he literally almost severed his jugular. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, light tubes ain't no joke. So I'm excited for, for a lot of that. But so that's my co- other commendation. It's Dark Side of the Ring coming back for a third season, and it uh, looks like it's going to be awesome. Shedding some, some real light on professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the light we want shed, but light that we well. deserve. Black lights and, 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 you know, it's the tube ones. Yeah. We're getting like to see it. all of the dirty splatter. Uh, it's like, it's like that old uh, MTV show, Room Raiders. Room Raider, professional wrestler. Now let's shine the black light on their sheets. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. Not going to like what you find. How do I not remember this show? Yeah. You don't remember Room Raiders? Okay. Uh, the whole story, it was effectively a dating show, but the secret was the, the date-er got to choose the person they date by not meeting them, but by inspecting their room. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this sounds dorm. stupid, yet I want to watch. <laughs> U- usually it was their dorm room or whatever. And so they'd get to look through the room, they'd get to look through their drawers, uh, shine black lights on things, and then decide if they wanted to date the person because of that. If I'm remembering, I'm so gonna try to find episodes of the show. <laughs> it was a uh, pretty classic. Uh, Sounds repulsive. Uh, WWE, uh, no, MTV '90s trash. Uh, but it was kind of one of those. It was uh, your '90s trash. It's kind of one of those train wrecks that you uh, just kind of had to watch. Mm. Uh, oh yeah that was the twist is the uh people that were candidates for being dated there were three candidates and they got had to sit in a van and watch on a monitor as the the person went through their room and then uh, chose and so they had to, um you can find uh entire segments of it on youtube nice uh, each each episode would feature like two different segments, and so a half hour episode was usually two ten to fifteen minute long segments. So. Okay, I feel like they had a lot of shows though like that. No, yeah, nineties for sure. Yeah, in the nineties they had a lot of those weird dating shows. They had Room Raiders. They had uh, what was the other one? I don't know. I don't know if it was called like the X Factor or something. Not the X Factor, but it was like uh, something with their. Ex goes in a van or something because they're seeing their ex go on a date. That was uh, so stupidly interesting as well. <laughs> there was one that they they just basically caught their ex cheating. Like they set him up. Oh, I think that's the one I'm referring to. Actually, Cheaters maybe is what it was called. Cheaters. 
Yeah, that's yeah, there was the X effect. There was next, which was one of their dating ones where they would meet a person and go on a little bit of a mini date and they'd decide if they wanted to go on a full date with that person or if they wanted to see who was next. And it was it was kind of a dating take on the um, uh, uh, the Monty Hall game show. Do you want to stay with this guy or do you want to take who's behind door number three? Uh, yeah, they made a remake of that show too. I just can't remember what right now. Probably called Tinder. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, I miss the 90s. Love is Blind. Uh, yeah, I think that might be it. Actually. Anyways, uh, 15 messiest MTV dating shows. It's really sad that there can be a list with 15 of them. I believe it. MTV produces anything. But this is not an 90s and 2000s MTV dating show review podcast. Um, although maybe we can start one. <laughs> I'm deaf. But I think that's all the commendations we have. So I think that will wrap things up for this yeah. week's Raw and Order WBU with the surprise return of DA Vincent K. Fabe. Yeah, two episodes early. I uh, I just kind of need to get back to some normality, so I'm happy to be back. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you just sure. don't remember the next line in that song, do you? I, I sure don't. Uh, <laughs> well, and and um, so a glimpse into my personal life. I am rewatching the show uh, Scrubs from beginning to end for the I want to say eighth time. Um, and so there's an episode where Dr. Cox, uh, is gone for a while and he comes back and they throw a welcome back Coxie party. So I just have that episode now stuck in my head. Um, fair enough. Wait, are you including the season without JD? Uh, that is not a part of Scrubs. I don't care what they called it. Scrubs had eight seasons and that's it. Scrubs season nine doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. That is a Mandela effect. Not to be confused with the Doppler effect. No. Or the X effect, which was a 90s MTV dating show. (laughs) I'm going crazy, everyone. Um... Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so everyone hears our lovely voices and you get notified whenever you we post a new episode. Um, follow us on social media. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU pretty much anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm there. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe on Twitter. I uh, I don't tweet because people get pissed. That's the reason to tweet. Mm-hmm. See if I can piss people off. Yeah, it's like ninety percent of tweeting. You're you're kind of counting the people you. So can't... so are you saying I should be like mark my words, Ava Marie, best women's wrestler in the world? I I would give you money to tweet that, um, as long as you tag me and JLB in it, um, so that it also goes out to our Twitter followers. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get so much notification. <laughs> also, also tag uh, at, at WWE, so it goes out to all of their followers. Well, <laughs> would be uh, entertaining to say the least. To see how many, how many. Um, it, it'd be really entertaining to see if I got you know banned from Twitter. Oh, you won't get banned, <laughs> but um, I will tell you this much: Ava Marie is uh, probably blocking her her tweets right now. 
uh, because of all of the response. Because she tweeted out, oh, I gotta find like, are are you paying attention to me now or something like that? And the responses to that are <laughs> probably not going the direction that she was hoping. You think? Yes, I do think. That's why I said it. Jeez. Hundred percent. Let me go find him because it's. Funny. That is very funny that she thought it'd be a good idea to get attention. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Kudos to her for thinking that she thinks she's actually better than she actually is. We don't know how good she is now. Still not holding my breath. It's just not a good idea to fire the other people that they fired and keep. Oh, think about it. We can watch a Lana Ava match now. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Okay, 132 responses for her. Are you ready for the evolution? Oh, no. The first one is uh, just a gift from, uh, uh, was it the good guys? Um, of The Rock saying, uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, and then uh, another one that's just a gift of someone going, nah. Um, another one with Simon, say, Simon um, Cowell saying, it's a no from me. <laughs> One that's just Ryan Reynolds putting his head in his hands. Uh, One that's the scene from Tommy Boy uh, with uh, Chris Farley saying, Not again! Ah. <laughs> People are. Oh, she asked for it. Just checking the specs on the rotary girder. No, no one cares. <laughs> a gif. Gif of a stick figure throwing up in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Ava, here's to you proving us wrong. Please prove us wrong. Don't ruin a division that's worked so hard to build itself. Please prove us wrong. Now here, if if you want to uh, not be inundated with the negative responses, just tag her in it. So then some of her fans will come on and be like, hell yeah. Um, and so you'll see the side of it. <laughs> A gif of the projectile vomiting from, um, oh, is it, it's got, uh, I don't even remember what uh, movie it was. 40-Year-Old Virgin, maybe? Anyway. Search Twitter. <laughs> so, someone E-Z-A. responded, yes, we fucking are my goat. And I gotta be honest, I had to read it like four times because I thought it said, yes, we are fucking my goat. And I was <laughs> like, whoa. Wait. <laughs> Make sure that the order of those words are okay. Okay, it's fine. And then just a whole bunch of them are just people responding with no. Um, after you're done following us, you can also uh, go to the doobly-doos of this podcast. You didn't um, do JLB because I didn't hear JLB uh, for 20 We did not do JLB because I got uh, distracted with uh, the challenge for you. So, yes, you can also follow JLB at... JLB420 Real Talk Radio. I do not fuck goats. This is not something I will ever have on my Twitter unless maybe I'm tagging Eva Marie because then she'll just be synonymous with fucking goats, which most likely will be her future WWE career. Anchor.fm slash RTR is where you can find all the streams, the the apples, the 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 Spotify's, the pod beans, the stitches and whatnot. And um, yeah, probably going to be doing an episode. Uh, Big Brother is almost finished. Finale is this week. So we're going to be done wrapping that up and we might move on to the circle which is another new little social game that I'm sure you guys would hate. Yes, I totally would. I, right now, with the whole, this whole goat fucking thing, just have that scene from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. 
oh. in the back of the van. Yeah. Like, if you had to, like, gun to your head, you'd fuck a goat, right? Well, yeah. I mean, gun to my head, I'd fuck a goat. Yo, this motherfucker ain't one of us. He said he'd fuck a goat. <laughs> Straight up. Oh. I think I'm going crazy So I think it's time to end Make sure to head to the doobly-doos for this There's going to be links to our Patreon And our merch store at Shop.spreadshirt.com Slash raw and order WBU So you can support us that way um, Or through the Patreon That way uh, But on that note we're going to close the book On the wrestling booking unit And we will see you In a bit with the visit from the FBI Thanks for listening we will see you soon. I'm posting it right now. <laughs>